I believe in all my heart that come this jubilee that we begin the time of the Messiah. Now, we don't know when the Messiah is coming, but we do know that God gives us signs as a woman having a baby. He says, like birth pangs, you don't know exactly when the baby is going to be born. You don't know exactly. Uh, on When we had our first child, Anna, uh, it was normal. We had her in the hospital. On the second child, Luke, we had him at home. Not because we wanted a home birth. We just didn't read the signs right. <laughs> True story. Birthed him at home, me and the assistant pastor. Huh. True. When Katie was, when, when Tiz was pregnant with Katie, every time, uh, l- let me back up. When Tiz was pregnant with Luke, uh, I had just come back from the Philippines or something like that. And uh, Tiz said, man, I've been having these uh, pains every night. And I said, what do you think? She said, oh, I think it will be okay. And so the next day I, I got up and, and one of our uh, young we had a boys. We had a bunch of boys and girls homes and kids off the street. And one of the kids, I had to go to court for one of the kids that that the court had assigned to us. And uh, I said, "How you feeling?" She said, "Well, I had the same thing." I said, "What, what do you think?" She said, "Oh no, it'll be all right." So we go down to the church and uh, we're waiting for this young man to show up that we can go to court and say how well he's doing. He's serving God. He's got a great job. And all of a sudden, the assistant pastor's uh, sister comes running down the street and says, Tiz is trying to get a hold of us. She, she's, having a ba- she's having the baby. And so I went in and to the office and called, and, and Anna was, how old was Anna? Three years old, and Anna's taught never, at that age, never pick up the phone because it could be overseas or something. And uh, the phone rings, and all of a sudden, this little voice gets on and goes, Hello? And I said, uh, Anna, where's your mom? She said, Daddy, Mommy's having a baby. I said, when? She goes, right now. So we jumped in the car, got over there, called the police, you know, and, and had the baby at home. Birthed the baby. Me and called the doctor, and uh, I, I, I got there, and we called the doctor on the way. And, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. He called our house and says, I hear you're having a baby. I said, what do I do? He said, call me when it's over. I ran out and boiled water, which all it does is get cold. There's no reason to boil water. <laughs> but when Katie was going to be born, Tiz would go, I felt it. I said, get in the car. <laughs> we, went, we started going to the hospital when she was three weeks pregnant. <laughs> we didn't want to miss the sign. And that's what God is saying to us right now. You think about the four blood moons. You think about this is the year of Shemitah. You think about we're going into Jubilee. You think about the Bible prophecies. Think about the Bible prophecies. Think about Rabbi Judah ben Samuel, who said that Jerusalem will be in the hands of the Ottomans for eight Jubilees, 400 years. There wasn't even an Ottoman tribe. It was a small group of people. But in 1517, they became the greatest power in the history of that area. They ruled it until 1917. Exactly what he said, eight jubilees. Exactly. 
But he also said that Jerusalem would become a no man's land for one jubilee. In 1917, which was Israel was called Palestine then, and not because there were Palestinian people, Rome named Israel Palestine because they could never get the Jews to bow down to the Roman gods. That's where Palestine came from. There's no Palestinian people. That was given when Rome destroyed the temple. They said, change all the maps. We're the leaders and call, take Judea off of all the maps and put on Palestine. That's where it came from. And he said that, that Jerusalem would become no man's land for one more jubilee. Now, I want, you, I want you to grab where we are in history. So in 1917 and 1918, 1919, the Allied forces got together and said, here's Syria, here's Lebanon, here's Transjordan, here's Palestine. It, this, these are who will live here. But in Jerusalem, it belongs to literally no man. Exactly what he said for one more jubilee. Then in June 1967, exactly what Jesus Christ himself said in prophecy that there will come a time that the day of the Gentile... Now remember, Jesus is not just looking at Israel, he's looking at Jerusalem. And he says, this is what's going to happen until the day of the Gentile is over, is fulfilled. In June 1967... The Arabs had attacked Israel. They were supernaturally defeated by a small little group of people. And the Jewish people walked up to the Temple Mount, the Western, the Western Wall in Jerusalem, for the first time since Rome threw them out 2,000 years ago. A miracle. But then he said the next Jubilee will be preparation for the time of the Messiah. Now, a lot of you would do math and you would say, well, 67, a jubilee would not be 2015. A jubilee would be 2017. That's true, except in rabbinical study, when Jerusalem is in the hands of the Gentiles, the, the, the Bible goes by a Gentile calendar, a sun calendar. But when Jerusalem is in the hands of Jews, they go back to a biblical calendar, which brings the next jubilee, not, not, not 2017, but 2015. We're in the four blood moons. We're in the time of Shemitah. We're going into jubilee. I think that's a birth pang that God is shouting to you and I, get ready. The best is yet to come. Amen. Now, let me say this. I don't believe we're going out defeated. That God is not coming for a bride that is bruised, busted, and disgusted. God is coming for a glorious bride. Where we're going out the head and not the tail. We're going out the lender, not the borrower. We're going out with signs and wonders and miracles. Why? Not just for our sake. But when the, when the rapture comes, God wants to make sure every single person in the world has seen the power of God. We're not just saying our God is God, but God is proving that he is God. And he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen? And so when we look at this, I believe in all my heart, 
And I don't even believe we have to wait. I believe it's happening now. We're one of the few ministries in the world that understand what Malachi means when he says offerings besides. Three times a year, we come before the Lord and we don't come empty handed. The Lord says, when I see that happen, I'm coming back to you. Well, I believe he's coming someday, but until he does, the power of Jesus, greater works than these shall you do because we are going to see not only a financial transfer that God, listen to me, God will give you wisdom and knowledge. The reason for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just so we go around speaking in tongues. Although I believe in speaking in tongues. I do speak in tongues. I'm not ashamed that I speak in tongues. But the reason for the Holy Spirit is that he will lead us and guide us and teach us and show us things to come. Lord, show me where to get a job. Show me where to invest my money. Show me what to do. And But it's also the power of God that God will confirm his word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Somebody say amen. So I want you... No matter how long you've been saved or how short you've been saved or how, how long you've been filled with the Holy Spirit or you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to expect. That's what the word hope in our, in our Bible, we say hope, but it means full expectancy. I want you to expect God to change your life financially. I want you to expect when you lay hands on the sick, they'll get recovered. I want you to expect to begin to hear the voice of God, that he can lead you and teach you and guide you and show you things to come. I want you to expect God to use you as a Shalak, as an agent from heaven in these last days. Can I have an amen? amen? Read with me. Everyone knows it, but let's read it together in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, like the blowing of a violent wind, which came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, let me stop right there. I'm reading, I'm reading to you from the translation of the Aramaic or the, or the Hebrew. When God says in his word here, they were in the house, we all think of the upper room. When it says the house, this is a Hebrew term for a room within the temple mound. When they would come in, they would sit amongst these benches waiting their turn to come in. It didn't matter if they were Jews who didn't know Jesus or Jews who did know Jesus. They were all in one place with one accord. They were coming to bring their first fruit offering. You ask most Christians about first fruit offerings. You ask most Christians about three times a year, they come before the Lord and they don't come empty handed. And 90% of Christians will tell, 99% of Christians will either say, I've never heard it or that's Old Testament and we have nothing to do with the Old Testament. It was never written as the Old Testament. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus quoted scripture, what do, what do we think he was quoting? He was quoting what's called the Old Testament or the Torah. That you literally sitting here and you that are watching around the world are fulfillment 
of this biblical prophecy concerning the coming of the Lord. And most Christians don't know about it. They've never been taught the feast of the Lord. They've never been taught. They've never been taught about Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law, the Torah, the Bible. I came to show you how to make it work. You and I, and and let me say this, unless we get big headed, in rabbinical study, it says the Gentiles who see this right before the coming of Messiah, you don't pick to see this. You're handpicked by God to see this. That means no matter who you are, no matter who you are, you're somebody special in the eyes of God. Can I have an amen? Read with me. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, Pentecost, 50, 50 days after they left Egypt. 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. Pentecost. We're in a, we're going into Pentecost in a Pentecost year, in a Jubilee year, during the time of Shemitah, during the four blood moons. In Dallas, we call that a birth pang. Amen? Amen. I'm expecting to be become debt-free. I'm expecting the ministry to become debt-free. I'm expecting you to become debt-free. And I'm expecting God to confirm it with signs and wonders and miracles and healing. We're never going to win the world by preaching. But if God will confirm his word and say what they're preaching is correct, and he confirms it with signs and wonders and miracles, all the world is going to call Jesus Lord. Amen? All right, read it with me. And they saw there seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came on the rest of each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God, religious Jews from every nation under heaven. Every nation, they were all there to bring the Shavuot or Pentecost first fruit offering. And let me throw this in, just a side note. God opens the windows of heaven. That's that's the Passover offering. He pours out a blessing. This offering on Pentecost, on Shavuot, is for your finances, Every other one has multiple. This one is for your finances. So on the first fruit offering of Passover, he opens the windows of heaven. He delivered them out of Egypt. The name, the word Egypt means limitations, boundaries. So God opens the windows of heaven and he takes all the boundaries or limitations off of our lives. On, on Shavuot or Pentecost, We don't bring a barley offering. We bring a wheat offering and we bring a double wheat offering because barley was fed to slaves. Wheat is fed to the children of the king. And we are not only out of Egypt, every curse from Egypt, we're in this world, but we are not of this world. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world sees. You know, do you know that Wall Street, everybody is paying attention to Schmidt this year? They're all talking about it. The only thing is, it's not for them, it's for you. Amen? And then come Feast of Tabernacles, which will be in Jerusalem 
on the Feast of Tabernacles at the last of the four blood moons, which won't be seen in America, but will be seen in in Israel, will be there on the Feast of Tabernacles. That's when God brings in the early rain and the latter rain. The early rain seals the seed. The latter rain brings the harvest. It can't go heavy rain first. It has to be a light rain to seal the seed. So God opens the windows of heaven, Passover. He pours us out such a blessing that we can't contain it all in Shavuot or Pentecost. And then he rebukes the devourer come feast of tabernacles and the devil will never, ever be able to steal the blessing that you and I are walking into this year. Come on, somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Now they're saying in Jerusalem, religious Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd gathered and they were confused because each one heard the believers speaking in his own language. Totally amazed, they asked, how is this possible? Aren't all these people who are speaking from Galilee? How is it that we hear them speaking in our own native languages? Jews by birth and proselytes, Jews from Crete and from Arabia, how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things God has done? Amazed and confused, they all went on asking each other, what can this mean? But others made fun of them and said, they've just had too much wine. Now, it's amazing since the first day of Pentecost, the first day that God poured out his spirit, the devil tried to stop it. And you need to understand that. Well, that's not for us anymore. That's just for the apostles or that's just this and that. But from the first day, why? Because Jesus commanded them, I'm going to go. He said, I have to go. I have to go. It's, it's better that I go. Now think about that. You're walking along with Jesus Christ. You're seeing blind eyes open. You're seeing gold coins come out of fish's mouth. You're seeing uh, uh, a little boy's lunch feed 15,000 people and have 12 baskets left over. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, I've got to go. You and I would say, Lord, don't go, man. This is, this, this is good being with you. He said, no, it's better that I go. Why would it be better? Because when Jesus was in Jerusalem, the power of God was in Jerusalem. When Jesus was in Bethlehem, the power of God was in Bethlehem. But now that Jesus has gone and he sends another one who is identical to him, when Jesus walked the earth, Jesus was with us, but now he sent his spirit who he's not just with with us. He is in us. The power of almighty God is in every one of us. Somebody shout amen. He is in you. You know, and I said this a a few weeks ago when we were teaching where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there, but he doesn't want to just be here. He wants to do something. When we lift up our hands and pray, when we gather together, he's there. 
But when we praise him for who he is, we activate his name, and then God inhabits the praises of his people. He doesn't want to just be here. He wants to do something for you and through you and in you. Whatever you need, the power of almighty God, the power that raises from the dead, the power that brings a gold coin out of fish's mouth, the power who says to you in your job, how many fish have you catched? And say, Lord, I haven't caught any tonight. He said, throw your net over here. That's where he'll lead you and guide you. You could be walking down the street and he'll say, go in that place. That's where you're going to get a job or go here. This is where you invest your money. Listen to me. It's more than just speaking in tongues. It is the power of God who knows everything, who sees everything working in you and working through you. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. These people aren't drunk. Verse 14. Then Kepha stood up with the 11 and raised his voice to address them. You Judeans and all you staying here in Jerusalem. Let me tell you what this means. Listen carefully to what I say. These people aren't drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Adonai says, God says, in the last days, I will pour out from my spirit upon everyone. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my, on my slaves, both men and women, I will pour out from my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will perform miracles in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and thick smoke. The sun will become dark, the moon blood before the great and fearful day that the Lord comes. And then whoever calls on the name of Adonai of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus from Nazareth was a man demonstrated to you, being from God by powerful works and miracles and signs God performed through him in your presence. You yourselves know this. This man was arrested in accordance with God's predetermined plan and foreknowledge and through the agency of persons not bound by the Torah, you nailed him on a stake and killed him. But God has raised him up and freed him from the suffering of death. It is, was impossible that death could keep its hold on him. For David says this about him. I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. For this reason, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. And now my body too will live on in certain hope that you will not abandon me to hell or let your holy ones see decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You fill me with joy by your presence. Now I want to stop right there. Now it's, it's not a coincidence that God uses this word joy. From the time Israel left Egypt till the time God gave the 10 commandments was 50 days. It's a 49-step ladder, it's called in Hebrew. From the time Jesus was raised from the dead until the time that the Holy Spirit came, 50 days, a 49-step ladder of from going from a slave 
to a child of God. You can't even get on that ladder. Jewish wisdom teaches we can't even begin the journey unless we have joy. So right now, you've got to decide whatever Satan's throwing at you, the joy of the Lord is your strength. All things work together for good. What Satan's meant for evil, God will use it for good. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. The key is that we rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, say, how can we do that? Because what Satan has been using against you. You know, I'm just giving you an example. When we came down here to Dallas, uh, we had invested in a company and we made a bunch of money and we ended up losing it and getting ripped off. So how can that be good? Because when you discover who the thief is, everything the thief has stolen, you get back multiplied by what? Seven. So, man, we need to rejoice in the Lord and realize whatever the devil has stolen from you, it's not just coming back in jubilee, but it's going to be multiplied by seven. Somebody shout amen. Do you receive that? All right, give the Lord a clap offering of joy and, and, and put it on your face. So Peter says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. Now, we know that this happened on the day of Pentecost. But remember, in studying rabbinically, everything God does, he has a lesser and a greater. Sometimes we say a heavenly and an earthly. Obviously, the heavenly is more important than the earthly. But everything God does, he has a lesser and a greater. So think about this. The lesser was the first outpouring of God's spirit. But Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to be with my father. And the Bible specifically says, the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain. If we read what Jesus did and what the apostles did in the book of Acts and we read the miracles, just think, Just think, the latter rain is going to be greater than the former. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Now, let me give you one more thing before we pray for you. When we talked a couple weeks ago about the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to get back into those uh, on Wednesday, but when we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, if I were to say, if you were to ask me, Pastor Larry, what gift would you would did you first pray for what gift would you we'd all probably say like the gift of healing or the gift of miracles or the gift of prophecy or something like that you know it's kind of the it's kind of the 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 sizzle gifts you know what i'm saying the bam oh a gift of healing but in studying rabbinically remember whenever you have a list the first thing named in the list is the avos. It's what births all the other miracles. If you have 10 commandments, none of the 10 commandments work if you don't have the first one, which is God is God. The armor of God, put on the whole armor of God. None of it works unless you have the first one. And so when we were teaching this, I went and I started reading the gifts. And be honest with you, I didn't even think of it until I read it. The first of the gifts is not the gift of healing or the gift of miracles or the gift of, of, of whatever. But the first one is the gift of wisdom. 
None of the other gifts will work if we don't have wisdom. God showed me, God showed Tiz and I 15 years ago where to invest our money. And we made a whole bunch, a whole bunch. Then God, then I thought, well, I'm going to, man, this, this being rich is cool. I'm going to quit the ministry. God says, okay. <laughs> no wisdom. Lack of wisdom. God told me, spoke to me and said, your job is not doing business. Your job is preaching the word. I've got others who's, you know, we're all kings and priests, right? We're all kings and priests. The priest brings the spiritual side. The kings bring the earthly side. The priests bring the vision. The kings bring the provision. And so every one of that is in our own lives are that for our home and our family. We're all kings and priests. But the other side of it is in the kingdom, there are those who are the kings, King David, and those who are the priests of the prophet Samuel. Right? And God spoke to me and he said, you're not to give up being a priest to become a king. But I didn't listen to him. And in one 45-minute flight, it was all gone, and I became a priest again. (laughs) This time, when God brings it all back, multiplied by seven, Father, give me wisdom. Right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The first thing we need is wisdom. What does the Holy Spirit do? He leads you and he guides you and he teaches you and he shows you things to come and keeps you from, Larry, from making stupid mistakes. So the first thing we need is the full infilling of the Holy Spirit. Gift of healing. Let's say God gives you a gift of healing. Without wisdom, we end up taking the glory on ourselves and the gift leaves it's gone it stagnates and so the first thing we need is the anointing of god this pentecost and the first thing in the anointing is the spirit of wisdom now here's the amazing thing this is a this is a lamp from the time of moses it'd be similar to the time of jesus in judaism Oil, why do we anoint someone with oil? Oil is the Hebrew sign of wisdom. That's why you anoint someone with oil. God, give them wisdom to be a king. Give them wisdom to be a priest. Give them wisdom to be a father. Wisdom to be a mother. And so oil is the symbol of wisdom in the Bible. The Ancient Jewish wisdom says, now picture, picture this. This would have been a lamp at the time of um, Moses, like the time of Jesus. The wick, the oil is the voice of God, the spirit of God. So fi- picture that being filled with oil. That is the wisdom of God. That is the voice of God that will lead you and teach you and guide you. You and I are the wick. And what we do, our acts of kindness, are the sparks that light the wick. Wow. 
And when the lick, wick is lit, it always, no matter which way you turn it, as long as we have wisdom, it will always point towards God. Oh, come on, somebody. And, I, you know, I've been wanting to do a series for, gosh, 10 or 12 years, and I'm still not sure God's released me to do it. But I've been wanting to do a series called The Seven Spirits of God. In ancient Jewish wisdom, God has always given out the gifts of the Spirit. But he's only given them out one or two at a time. Because ancient Jewish wisdom says the human race couldn't handle it. So he'd give out certain gifts, prophecy, healings, miracles. Then he'd withdraw them and give out something else. Then withdraw them and give out something else. But ancient Jewish wisdom says in the last days, right before the coming of the Messiah, God will give out all seven spirits at the same time. All seven spirits. Why? So all the world will know that he is God and that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Can I have an amen? Amen. So today, tonight, when we anoint you, think about it. Four blood moons. Think about the prophecy. Think about the year of Shemitah. Think about going into Jubilee. Think about all the prophecies concerning the latter rain being greater than the former. Think about wisdom. You may or may not have a college education, but you do have the wisdom of God inside of you. Oh, no, you didn't hear that. Does God know everything? Does God know where the next good job is? Does God know where to invest? Does God know this guy? He will, it's not just he's going to lead us and guide us in the Bible. Yeah, he'll lead us and guide us in the Bible. But he will lead you and guide you in life. God has right around the corner a breakthrough that you never even saw coming, but it's on its way. Do you receive that? Say, well, but but pastor, I I don't. No, 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 no. This is why Jesus said, I've got to go, but I will send another who is just like me, who can heal blind eyes, who can bring gold coins. Why do you think that's in there, a gold coin out of a fishing mouth? Well, you know, I've done a lot of fishing. I've never got a gold coin. It, it, but you, that fish you, you may catch tomorrow may be the new job. That fish you catch tomorrow may be someone coming up to you and said, man, we ought to invest in this. That fish, there's no limit to how that fish can bring that gold coin. Are you getting this? But what we need for our lamp to burn is the oil, is the wisdom of God, and he will lead us and teach us and guide us and show us things that are going to come. And the latter rain will be greater than the farmer. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to pray for me. I'm teaching in Jerusalem. And I'm, I'm debating on whether saying this or not. We're talking about being a Shylock, being an agent of God. Hebrew word Shylock, it's where we get the word apostle. We're talking about that, that Eleazar was a Shylock, an agent from Abraham to go get Isaac's wife. It's the power of attorney. It's, it's exactly what it means when Jesus said, in my name. 
you shall cast out devils. That's what that means. That's where it comes from. The word Shylock. That's where we get the Greek word apostle. But we've got to make sure we're faithful. The power of God is not to look silly. The power of God is not to put on a carnival. The power of God is to bring demonstration that our God is the God of miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we've got to make sure that if we get rich, we give him all the praise. Amen. That's what, that's what the Shemitah year is about. It's not a coincidence. I, if, you, if, if you made a movie about this time and all these things coming together, it wouldn't sell because it's too ridiculous. What are the odds of all this happening? When, you, when, you, when your cup is full and God wants your cup full, make sure you allow it to roll over and be a blessing to others. Is that a deal? Okay. If you lay hands on someone and they get healed, make sure we give him all the praise and all the glory because we're not the healers. We're just a Shylock. We're just an agent. If God can trust us and he can't, he, we can't blow this because there's not another generation coming after us. There's not, there's not another generation. The Bible specifically says from when Israel became a nation, that would be the last generation. Now the debate is, did Israel become a nation in 1948 when they proclaimed Israel a, a nation in the UN? Or was it 1949 when Israel had their government? No matter what, it's that generation. Oh, and just by a coincidence, 49 was four blood moons. Just by coincidence, 67, four blood moons. God is saying something to us. I, I feel my body vibrate with expectancy of what God is getting ready to do for me and my family and you and this ministry. My body literally is vibrating with expectancy. This is what we've been waiting for. But we have to make sure that whether it's financially or spiritually, gifts of the spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation. And we'll, I'll teach all the difference between they heard them speaking in their own language and the gifts of tongues and the tongues for interpretation. I'll teach all that and show you how it, how it, it makes sense. But the one thing is we've got to have the wisdom of God fear of the Lord. Wisdom is the principal thing, remember? Now that's what I'm going to anoint you for, for, for all of the Holy Spirit. But tonight I'm going to anoint you. What does it say? Wisdom is the first gift. None of the other gifts work unless we have wisdom. Wisdom is the number one thing. And the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is the number one thing, but the number one thing of the number one thing is the fear of the Lord. And it doesn't mean be afraid. It literally means to draw in closer because you're in awe of how wonderful God is and how much he loves you. 
Do do you understand that? Do you get that? Fear of the Lord doesn't mean we're afraid. We are in awe. I look back at my life. I walked into a church, a drug addict, seven federal warrants out for my arrest. Seven. Isn't that amazing? I was in the import-export business of all natural herbs and spices. And God has taken us from that to teaching in Jerusalem. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And if you sit under this ministry, if you, if, if you allow us to cover you, you have a right to a double portion of that. So tonight, I don't want you just to feel my finger on your forehead and some oil. I want you to receive a refilling of the Holy Spirit. I want you to receive and expect God to begin to speak to you and give you wisdom and give you knowledge and lead you and guide you and give you favor with God and favor with man. That everywhere you go, the kingdom of heaven is going with you because wherever we go and whatever God does, we, will, we have the wisdom to know it's him using us, not us using him. Do you receive that? Now let's pray this prayer together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release an anointing on all of us. All of us in this building, all of our children, all of our youth in the other buildings, all the people watching by stream, Father, I release an anointing on our lives that is end time prophecy being fulfilled. Father, open the windows of heaven. Pour us out financial blessing. Pour out finances on every one of us here. Father, give us wisdom and knowledge on what to invest in, where to get a job, how to, how to do what you want us to do. Father, you lead us and you guide us, and we will give you all the praise and all the glory. Father, I claim everything that's been stolen will be multiplied sevenfold back into our lives. We know it wasn't any person that stole it, but it's the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now we know who the thief is, and we claim it back multiplied by seven in every one of our lives. Multiply joy, multiply peace, multiply health, multiply happiness, multiply the the blessing and the anointing of God in all of our families and our children. And Father, raise up out out of this night, raise up prophets and prophetesses. Father, according to your word that we may dream dreams and see visions that we may lay hands on the sick and they shall recover whatever we bind on earth father you're going to bind it in heaven and father we ask this in the name of our messiah we ask this and we we give you the praise as faithful stewards faithful stewards over finances faithful stewards over the anointing of almighty god we ask this in jesus name and all god's people shouted Amen. 